Hi, welcome to the next episode of our podcast. And I'm talking to Brendan Pettigrew again, because you may have seen in the last episode that he has earned over £100,000 in one month which is phenomenal. It's definitely a record in our business. And today he's going to share with, share with us exactly how he has done that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you for having me. Um, so we've had a chat earlier about some of the outstanding results you've achieved uh, since setting up and running your own uh, business. Um, and I'm going to mention it again, um, for those that haven't seen the other video, that you know, this month you're going to be banking £140,000 worth of fees with 144. Yeah. Um, you get 70% of that. So you're going to be taking home 105, was it? Yeah. £105,000. Phenomenal results. Yeah. What everyone wants to know is how do you do it? So I'd like to sort of dig a bit deeper on that. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want to make a start, I mean, do you want to start with maybe talking about where you get your market appraisals from? Um, I'll probably start a bit before that. Yeah, go. If yeah, that's go okay. It. So um, I think, first of all, you need to have a... Uh, I've been doing business plans for decades, really, so you need to have a clear plan. Yeah. Uh, you also need to choose your uh, ideal client. And everybody asks me when I do the training, who, who, who would be my ideal client? And basically my advice to them would be, you most get on best with <laughs> that's yeah. your ideal client so whether you're a pillar of the community and you want to you know polarize an area then that's your ideal client if you're you know a governor at the local school and you, you, you'd be an agent in that catchment wouldn't you or if yeah you, you know if you suit the types of people at certain prices of houses in general and um, then that would be your ideal client. So maybe if you were younger, you could perhaps deal with first-time buyers, yeah. buyers, and and people first who are first-time sellers. First -time sellers. And, yeah, exactly. Maybe if you are older, a lot older than obviously you and me, but yeah. you could specialise in maybe bungalows, bungalows <laughs> in retirement <laughs> homes, or you know, elderly. Exactly. Because if I was sixty-five, you know, I'd want to deal with someone who'd got similar interests, similar age, yeah. similar you know viewpoints. And I guess we've all got to see who do we want to get on well with or who do we want yeah. to deal with? And, and it's a great, great point. You know, who is your audience? Who is your target market? Who yeah. do you want to deal with? Who wants to deal with you? I think the mistake that uh, lots of, well, the, the mistake I, I, I didn't want to make was trying to be everything to everybody yeah. because uh, unless you're Google or Facebook, uh, you know, um, there's, I wanted my marketing all to marry into the types of properties that I wanted to attract. Right. Um, and say if I'm going for farms, I didn't, if I then listed, you know, um, uh, static caravans, yeah. for instance, the farms wouldn't, they'd probably look what, I, what I'm what i about, see what I do, and they'd say, well, they, they, he doesn't suit what type of property I have, so I won't bother having him out. So yeah. just for, that's just an example. Uh, so... I needed to have an ideal client and yep. then center all of my marketing around it. So those properties and those clients came and there was a bit of uniform to the business. Right. And so who is your ideal client? Uh, I list properties over 400,000 uh, in Leamington, Kenilworth, Warwick and mm. uh, Stratford, Knoll and basically Warwickshire. Yeah. So, and the reason I 
um, cornered that sort of market was because I'd bought all this tech when I first started the business, like the Matterport virtual reality camera, quite expensive virtual reality setup there. I fly drones and I thought, well, okay, what types of properties would most suit that sort of marketing? So, you know, it'd be different. It would be difficult to do a drone video at uh, say a one bedroom apartment in the town center. Cause I wouldn't be able to get it, the drone off the floor cause it's against <laughs> the law. Uh, so it would kind of, I'd be running my business with a hand behind my back. So I thought, well, this is the marketing I, I, I can offer. What sort of places or types of properties would suit me most. And I ran the business, obviously, at, at, um, at, at Newman's. So I, I thought, well, I get on pretty well with, say, self-employed or people who run businesses. So that also matched up to, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So, um, you know, I, I, got, I naturally get on well with, with those type of people. Yeah, that's, that's great. And when you've got a listing in that price bracket, People tend to think when they're selling their house, they want to use an agent that's selling houses like theirs. Mm. So they probably see what you've got available and think that person specializes yeah. in, in the sort of house that we're selling. And I guess that attracts more business. That was the, that was the, 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 the that was the thought behind that rule that I set myself. Yeah. So just target a certain market, even if it means that I had to, and I do frequently have to turn stuff away and pass the, pass the, the leads onto sort of uh, guys at the Leamington Newman branch, for instance. Yeah. Um, that's basically how it has to be. So you're strict on your criteria of clients that you will deal with. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you also limit the number of clients you deal with. Yeah. What's I the- only ever have a maximum of nine for sale yeah. homes before everyone else goes on a waiting list. I haven't actually hit the nine yet. <laughs> Because there's always been a turnover of, yeah. say, if I've got eight on the market, I'll probably sell four at the weekend. So then yeah. I'll be down to four, then I can take five on. So I've just restricted it to nine because if it goes, if I end up having 15 luxury properties on the market, for instance, how can I call them every day and just say hi? And this yeah. has happened. I've just had this chat with this person or I did the viewing last night and I've had a, an hour long conversation with your buyer trying to you know, get them to make a bid and this is what the, how the conversation went. I, I wouldn't be able to fit that into my day. And then if I start to let those standards slip and yeah. just keep throwing houses on the market, might I add like normal estate agents, they target the listing yeah. numbers, just keep living and a certain percentage of them will sell. If you take this money on, um, I just try and keep it small, but keep it of a high quality Brilliant. And you tell your potential sellers or clients that that I'll only deal with nine as a maximum. So it's almost a bit of exclusivity. They know they're not going to get lost in a whole load of others. And 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 if if I was number ten and I rang you and said, Right, I want to put my house on the market and you'd already got nine, what would you say to me? Soon. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Soon. Um, and then I'd probably let you know which were the next properties that I'm likely to sell and yeah. when. And then I'd obviously book you in, probably pencil you in for Thursday for the, yeah. But um yeah, it's it's never I've never quite reached the nine, so it's worked quite well. Yeah, and it's a good number. And you know, it's almost like because it's like there's a limit, I I want to list with you because I, I, you unsuspect it's uh, um an un it, I, I can't uh, remember the the term, but it's um, 
but yeah, it's. Or you're a, oversubscribed, or yeah, you know. it's an unintended consequence. That's yeah. why uh, the unintended consequence is that when I I tell people that I, I deal with a maximum of nine, suddenly they want to be part of that nine. It's, yeah. it's, it's ended up being like a weird, unique selling point of of my business, which is just mental, really. But you know, I just say it, and people like it. So. Yeah, it sounds great, and then. You know, um, tell me more about what else what else you do and, and share some of these things that perhaps you're doing that other estate agents aren't that, that get these sort of results. So if you're dealing with more expensive homes, that's one way of ha- having a higher fee. Obviously, a percentage wise, what sure. you charge, sure. you know, what sort of fees do you charge? So um, fees aside, then I needed to try and work with clients who were a motivated. Yeah. B, um, you know, um, prepare to, uh, you know, um, pay more if they got more. Yeah. Um, to, to help them move and, and reach their moving goal. So those people I decided were the properties that were currently on the market with other estate agent. Right. So um, I would, I call it my magic 200 so I got 200 properties, which I would frequently update on the market. I would share with them, say, leaflets where I'd sold properties in their neighboring streets. I'd write to them and just say, look, you know, um, you know give them a good news story of a, a success of a home that was up previously on with another estate agent. Um, didn't sell it then, changed it over to me, and I actually sold it for more than what the other estate agent couldn't have done in uh, in the six months that they had it and 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 it's it becomes kind of um i i have 200 pen pals out there if if you like so yeah that's that's and i could run a business like that to be honest in second wave listings i call them where they've been on the market yeah. they're not messing around now they want to change agents they wouldn't waste another three hours of their life if you know if they weren't serious about moving. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and they, they, they really want to sort of embrace something new from someone else who's getting the results that maybe some agents aren't. Yeah. So they've tried maybe a cheaper agent or an average agent, you know, that's, and, and let's face it, the standards of a state agency are pretty low. Most estate agents just stick it on right move and hope it sells. And, and some of them, it does work. I mean, probably not necessarily giving great service, probably not necessarily getting the best price for that owner. Um, so they're coming to you and they're probably more motivated. They've realized, right, we need to get this sold now. We're not yeah. getting the results. Brendan, yeah. what can you do? So what are you doing differently? What, what am I doing differently? I mean, one of my homes, which is exchanging this month, the launch, um, the launch alone basically cost nearly £10,000 to me. Wow. To just launch it basically with thirty thousand leaflets, hundred and forty-seven thousand video views on my sponsored Facebook ad campaign. Wow! Drawn around a radius of where I think the affluent buyers would would come from. Is that a Facebook targeted advert? Is it? Yeah, yeah. I pay for that. I obviously shared it in the community groups, like a question groups, and you know, just being quite thoughtful of where the buyers will come from. I contacted, you know, four Midlands football clubs just to see if their players wanted it. Um, there's there's 10 other things that I did to, you know, try and find buyers, uh, which was all at my expense. But, uh, you know, that is 
what the owner, even if he was paying me more on the fee, that's what he wanted. He wanted to move at the end of the day. Yep. Fees just get factored into the price the agent gets for you. Yep. So I, I, I'm a great believer in the cheapest agent is the one who gets you out with the most money, whatever they charge. Yep. And that's what I believe I can do. Yeah. And so you mentioned video. Um, you do obviously, you said drone videos. Yeah. Matterport videos. Yeah. How does that, does that, is that what people want these days? Yeah. I mean, it's been so great for buyers. So whenever anyone books in a viewing, so the videos are always available and the, the VR is always available on, on Rightmove or, mm. you know, some of the other portals that mm. we use. But when someone books in a viewing, the videos that I shoot, they show a different dimension of the home, you know, just a picture of the front won't show the lake at the back. And that's the sort of thing that I want my kids growing up around. Mm. The kids, uh, the, 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 the picture of the front won't show the, the way that I draw a fly, uh, you know, four or five doors away, then you've got a park, yeah. you know, or, you know, the, the, um, it won't shoot at the canal boat, you know, coming down the, 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 the canal, you know, yards away from your house. So if a picture tells, um, uh, a, a, it picture tells a hundred thousand, thousand words. words, then a video will tell a thousand pictures. So this yeah. is why video is so important now. So mm. my videos really capture lifestyle. I try and talk about why people love living around here, why the owner bought it, the three best things they love about living in the home, obviously yeah. give a nice walk through, make sure it's a high quality, um, you know, editing, uh, you know, pr uh, production. Yeah. So then I send that to viewers when they, book in to view a property with me. So I try and create a lifestyle so they think, wow, I could live there. Yeah. Then I send through the link to the Matterport VR yeah. so they can they can even measure to see if their sofa can go in the living room. There's a ruler tool on it. So, yeah. so by the time they pass over the doorstep of the property on the viewing, they know what it's like to live there. They know their sofa fits and <laughs> they know the layout of the property. Um, it's the second viewing. Yeah. So you've actually got qualified buyers viewing so yeah. it's less time wasters saving you time saving the, the the vendor time but great marketing I, I don't know the exact figures but i'm sure you know video gets something like 32 percent more engagement people spend more time looking at videos than they would photos mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it is quite surprising that more estate agents aren't doing videos so we were talking earlier about um, but the standard if estate agents do video some of the corporates i mean you were explaining yeah. there were what just photos no, basically that i feel worse after i've watched them than before <laughs> i've watched them that shouldn't be the, the point of it should it so what's funny is there's their photos zooming in and out and a voiceover literally <clears throat> that is saying what you know literally the same thing yeah. it's uh, very close to you know amenities what does very close to amenities mean anymore yeah. uh you know uh Bright and airy uh, living rooms. It, basically, every house that's had a video has got a bright and airy living room, yeah. uh, like narrated over. Yeah. They're just uh, they're, they're called picturettes, videoettes, where they just scan around a photo. You could do the same by just moving your phone around <laughs> your face and save yourself from the drivel. Yeah. <laughs> Turn some music on in the background, but um, but yeah, it's it's just a little bit of a you know. So there's a, a standard issue. Uh, yeah. I think. But it's great to see your videos. They are like a, a production film and, and a lot of time and energy goes in that. But clearly 
that's what your sellers want. And yeah. do they, do some of them come to you because of the videos? Yeah, they watched your you videos? Know, the videos aren't always used to sell the house. So yeah. the videos then get advertised and I, I can choose demographics on say Facebook of, of, of people between 35 and 65 in a certain area. So when they see this video come up on their phone, whether they're following me or not on Facebook, selling a home like theirs in their area, followed up by a sold video a couple of weeks later, once I've yeah. sold it with a record price, they're obviously going to be calling me out when the time comes for them to move. Yeah. So it's an asset. I call them video assets. They're not, to be honest, do I um, do the video to sell the home? Or do I do the video to promote the business? It's probably an argument for both. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and those videos, the house may sell this week and it might complete in a month or two's time, but that video is there forever. forever. So sometimes I send my prospects just my YouTube uh, page. Yeah. And then they, um, I went to a valuation where they, 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 they listed with me, but the lady said, Oh, I really love that one where you had the horses. You had a face off with a horse. That video was probably 100 down on my, uh, on my YouTube. produced videos. Wow. So she's gone that far back on yeah. the videos, which I'm uh, thank you, but unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what people do. She's stalking you now. <laughs> and <laughs> it's almost like that's your CV. Like, you know, you can go to the house and present and tell them why you're the best, but, you know, they can just go back and look, you know, and they can see your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram, mm. and see what you've done, the houses you've listed, the houses you've sold, yeah. the results you've achieved. Um, so it is a great way of promoting yourself as a business um, and gaining followers because it's, they're, they're constantly seeing those, yeah. that, you know, and I guess there's going to be people that, that are going to call you in 12 months time that are, you don't even know yeah. they exist at the moment, um, but they've just been following you. And when yeah. the time's right, they've just decided we're going to use Brendan to sell our house because yeah. we've been following him for 12 months or whatever. When you build up so much content then obviously over time, I wouldn't shoot a video today and expect a listing next week. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. But as you build content and people get to see you frequently, yeah. Um, quite often when, when I go to a house that I've never met before, I've never met that person, but they're very comfortable because they've probably spent, you know, half an hour looking at my videos yeah. or even viewers, uh, when they show up to houses and like, saw you on the video, it feels like I know you. Yeah. And it just makes, I'm naturally a friendly person anyway, humble and assuming and treat everybody the same, same respect. But, um, you know, it's sometimes daunting for people to meet someone who's probably got what they want and you know they, yeah. they but hopefully it, it works to break down barriers definitely and i tell you i also believe you know i was showing someone around a house recently and i said have you seen the video and they said oh yeah we've seen the video and i thought great that's going to save me pointing out all of these things because they've already know that you know yeah. what it's got you know the cooker yeah. um so yes, it's it's a great thing to have anyway let's move on from videos because we, we want to talk about the things that you're doing so so the magic 200, so yeah. the, the houses, the 200 houses that I am um, pen pals with, yeah. so in the areas that I want, or the price range that I want. So so I make a promise to send them frequently sold new area leaflets or new to the market leaflets, because if they're on the market and they're getting my new to the market leaflets, they're probably picking up and saying, 
well, I want someone to do that. I wonder if my agent's doing it anyway. So something happened about five months ago, which won't upset any other estate agent with what I do anymore in targeting their homes. But the 200, the magic 200 is now mainly made up of withdrawn properties. Right. Properties which have come off the market who still get my letters. And it's built up and built up over time. I just stopped getting rid of them out of my 200. So I've only got a magic live 100. The rest are withdrawn properties. But what they... What, what, what made me stop deleting those withdrawn properties who've come off the market was a few of them kept calling me to say, I want to put my property back on the market. They wanted to move once. They're likely to want to move again sometime mm. once they've had a bit of a chill out about it. So most of my market appraisals now are from the withdrawn properties which have come off the market with the other estate agents but don't want to make the same mistake again when they choose to move. Yeah with uh, choosing their next estate agent. So this is the secret, basically, that won't upset anybody. You know, an estate agent saying, stop writing to my vendors. Not writing to anyone's vendors anymore. These are people who are going to move in the next few months, probably, or next year, or I don't mind having them on my Magic 200, but that's where I'm getting most of my market appraisals now. And this has taken a bit of time, like two or three months it would take for you to get, say, 50 properties that are withdrawn. Mm. But I'm building that up now. There might be 400 withdrawn properties. I might just live off withdrawn properties in future. And it's worth pointing out, lots of estate agents send out letters. You know, I go around houses and there's like 10 letters from various estate agents. But they're just generic letters saying the same old thing we can sell your house we're cheaper we've been open i've seen your letters my pe- my letters are five pages your letters are personalized they're interesting they're value you know they're providing you t- tell me about the letters then and why they get the results um i came to a conclusion and whether this is right or wrong but i um the longer the letter the more likely they were to read it even if they just flick through, they're like, this guy has just written five pages to me. Um, whether or not I'm trying to go for a more educated client or whatever, and if you give them something that's not your normal crap, like I see your properties on the market with this one, and we've got waiting buyers and all that crap that they get 10 times a day yeah. through the post, just straight file it under B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's something slightly different. I sent them, I sent my magic 200 packets of sunflower seeds in the last lockdown, just to say, look, you know, by the time the seeds have grown, hopefully I'd have moved you, which so many people took me up on it. Yeah. Um, because obviously everyone was home and everyone was buying stuff for their gardens and stuff. So just be thoughtful and creative. Brilliant idea. So let's say you've got the market appraisals and You've got the house. Why Why are people using you to sell their house as opposed to another estate agent? What are you doing differently? And, and, and you know, if you've, I know you've already sort of discussed some of that already, yeah. but, um, you know, your fees probably double or more than other yeah. estate agents. You know, how yeah. do you justify that and why are they happy to pay it? I think anyone will buy anything if it represents value for money, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you have different cars out there. So it's just what they relate to, you know, uh, this is value for money and that's value for money. So 
because I'm able to give them 10 fresh ideas that their current agent isn't doing or haven't, hasn't got the, you know, the ability to invest that sort of, you know, capital in, in their marketing plan. Yeah. Uh, my, um, my ethos is that if you expose the home to a bigger audience, better, uh, and you get more interest, then inevitably you'll get a higher price. And then that's where my argument comes in that the cheapest agents, the agent who gets them the most money. Brilliant. It's an easy argument to have yeah. because if I don't get them the most money or the figure that, you know, with my fees factored in and doesn't make sense to them, just keep saying no. I'll, I'll work until I, until you say yes. Yeah. And what is your fee, just so? Uh, my fees are 2%. Uh, actually, um, I'm going to get rid of the percentage. Uh, yeah. My average fee is £8,000. Last month, my average fee was £25,000 on sales but they were just particularly bigger properties. But um, pound notes is £8,000. And um, I would say that the you might think, wow, how can he get away? The launch and what I do to market the homes takes up quite a lot of that fee. Yeah. So I definitely have skin in the game yeah. and I definitely put my money where my mouth is yeah. and I'm not doing it to waste my own money and, and, and time when I'm telling the owners that I'm literally going to do all of this to get them a buyer and the best price, they can see what they're investing in. Yeah. But it's me first who's investing in it yeah. and them later once I get them the result that they want. Now, that's great. And what about getting the sales um, through to exchange? Because that's a big issue for a lot of agents and conveyances at the moment. What, yeah. what, what do you do to get your sale agreed, yeah. get it over the line. Oh, this has always been the, it's a love it or hate it scenario with estate agents, the sales chasing. And and I, I've, I've, I've forced myself to love it over the years because there's no other way to, obviously you've got to mobilize and organize all these people, the clients, the surveyors, the solicitors, the mortgage advisors, you know, you've got to be the guy who stitches everything together. Then I had a eureka moment, um, maybe two years ago now, I thought, well, okay, so I'll show the, the viewer around on my own. They won't meet the owner. They'll agree the sale of the house, they'll love it. I think that the buyer and the seller would be quite like-minded people because, you know, they're, they're buying and selling quite a certain type of property. So then I'd book them in for a coffee, you know, on Sunday morning after where I'd make an excuse to the buyer to say the owner really wants to meet you to show you how the central heating works and, you know, how the coffee machine works. And then I'd phone the, the, the owner to say, the buyer, he's got loads of questions to ask about the property. Is it all right to have, say, a coffee on, on Sunday? Yeah. Secretly and schemingly, I just want them to meet and get on because they will. And I make that call. Sometimes I don't let them you know, but um, if I think that there'll be a clash of personality, but generally it's just really good to get them having a coffee. Once they've had the coffee, they've inevitably got on really well because I've made the right call. Then I put them into a WhatsApp group. So the buyers and the sellers are in a WhatsApp group with me and my sale progressor, quite often the buyer's financial advisor. Sometimes the solicitors who are a bit of silent parties in the WhatsApp groups because they can't really say anything or else they get involved in the other party. But there's an element of camaraderie between everybody for the common cause of moving. So the buyer will be saying, 
well, today I've, I've, I've applied for my mortgage. And the seller would be like, oh, that's brilliant. Well, today I've filled in my property information questionnaire. I'll just chase the solicitor. I'll, I'll just make sure that the solicitor uh, has sent it over to your solicitor to send out the draft contracts. Then the other solicitor, um, the solicitor would put, don't bother, because he's, he's read it. He's like, so he sent it over, but he can't really say much. Um, the financial advisor would then come in and say, well, yeah, the survey... I'll expedite the survey and make sure it's done sooner rather than, and then everybody is doing the sales chasing and I'm on my phone, uh, of course, uh, helping with any issues or anything that comes up, but that there's working, uh, harder or there's working smarter. And this is, this is the working smarter bit. Everyone pulling together for the common cause. This is the way to do it. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's a great bit of advice. And, uh, you know, and it works clearly, and I've I've seen it work in, in action. So, are there anything else you can share about your business model and how it works and how you get these great results? Um, I mean, I know we could be here all day. Open but, houses, open okay. houses, very important. So, if I target second wave properties, they need to look different. They need to probably be a little bit of different pitch. Yeah, I'm not going to say price. Yeah. It's uh, it needs to be a different pitch. I separate price from pitch. Yeah. Marketing pitch is geared to get people through the door yeah. and then, you know, the price you want. The marketing price is where you book a viewing on, say, Thursday, then one on Wednesday at five. Then you, you're cooking your dinner and you get a phone call from the estate agent at six o'clock and the kids are screaming, the beds are everywhere. And, you know, I try and emphasize the open house where change the photos, do the drone video, do a really swanky marketing on, on this property that I tried with another agent for an asking price and failed. Yeah. So we've lowered the pitch to a starting bid. Say if it's, if it was on the market for say, uh, 800,000, then we'd change the marketing pitch to starting bid, say, I know it's 750. Right. I'm just using an example of what we did on an old train station in Burlingbury. So yeah. she was on the market with um, an agent <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for 800. We did a, a marketing pitch of 750. I did all my thing on the marketing and then we held eight viewers on the same day. So it's convenient for the owner as well. Yeah. It could just be out for the day. Um, I did half an hour increment viewings. If they took longer, then they'd be out in the grounds so they could spend as much time outside as they wanted to really. Um, did the eight viewings and ended up selling it for £23,000 more than they couldn't sell it for with the other agents because wow. we got into a bit of a bidding war. So £823,000, yeah. that's phenomenal. Then I asked who the cheapest agent was. So yes. whatever she pays me, she was about £20,000 better off. Wow. Well, no, not £20,000 better off, probably more because they couldn't sell it for yeah. £800,000. So, so they might have ended up making a, selling it to someone who'd offered £750,000 yeah. or so, uh, yeah, fantastic. And once you've got that and you're able to demonstrate that, it's easy to win the next listing and justify yep. your higher fee. My my next listing pitch will be my previous sale story. Yeah. That has just made it so simple now. So, and my next letter will be my previous sale story. So the next person who'll call me out will know the scenario of what happened there. Yeah. And basically I'll just run through it again. It's made my... I wouldn't even say I go to present anymore. Yeah. I just tell them about the story yeah. 
and it's having worked dozens of times before then, so it's a proven strategy. Um, are you happy with what you've read? Because that's what I'll do for you. Yeah. And where where does your business come from now? If you sort of, is it various places, I guess, but, you know, is there any, is there any examples of where it Magic does come 200, from? word of mouth, social media now that I've picked up yeah. quite a, a following. Um, Recommendations, so, I guess. Yeah, friends. Yeah. People who have sold close by uh, to the homes I've, I've sold. So... Uh, there's no silver bullet. Yeah. There's I was going to say, even people that are not selling, they've seen your videos, your marketing, your results, and a friend at work says, oh, I'm thinking of selling. Yeah. Ah, um, you want to yeah. use this guy, Brendan. Yeah. He's selling lots. So. That's it. There's no silver bullet. This is like a, it's married into a bunch of, you know, there's, if I took one thing that I did out yeah. uh, of, of my business plan, then I, I would... They all have to be in. Yes. It's like 10 different things, actions that you do in your business. I guess they all work in conjunction yeah. with each other, not yeah. one on its own. Um, it's, it's a multitude. That's brilliant. Brenda, this has been fascinating. And I, I'm sure there'll be lots of agents looking at this going, wow, it'll be raising the game, raising the standards. And that's exactly what you and I want to do. We want to raise the standards of estate in the UK. It's a profession. We need to offer better uh, marketing for our clients and work differently, mm. not just stick it on right move and yeah. it sells, which is unfortunately yeah. what some of them do. And understandably, if you're an employee working nine to five and you've got a job to do and KPIs to hit and you've been just told, get listings, get listings, get listings. But you've just shown another side to the industry, a far better side for the client, most importantly, certainly better for the agent and and um, ultimately getting better results. So yeah. it's been Really, really enjoyable. Thank you very much. And uh, really me. appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like more information about becoming a self-employed estate agent, I will add a link in the description. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.